Welcome to the Geek Psychology Podcast. This podcast comes from the Geek Psychology YouTube channel, where we use personality type and geek and gaming culture to help you play life better. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being you. And I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, fellow dreamers. Do you ever find yourself infatuated by somebody else, like having intense emotions for somebody, despite them maybe not even knowing that you exist? It might be more than a simple crush. It could be this obsessive form of romantic attraction called limerence. Limerence is defined as a cognitive and emotional state where an individual becomes obsessed with another person, accompanied by emotional dependence, intrusive thoughts, and a strong desire for emotional reciprocation. As INFPs, our deep capacity for feeling and emotional delving can lead us to creating this phenomenon within us. And now the big question is, how do we make sense of it? What's up, Legend? It's Sherman here from Geek Psychology, where I help INFPs to find their spark and live a life of meaning and purpose. As much as us INFPs don't like peopling, we do have a deep concern with other people, and we want to have a strong one-on-one connection. One-on-one. We don't want the whole mass of the world to seek us and want to date us and all this other stuff. Like maybe part of us, maybe sometimes that's an intriguing thought to track and to explore. But for the most part, we just want to have somebody, like one person that really truly gets us and understands us and wants to be with us and we want to be with them too. So many times when we are growing up, at least from my experience, growing up as in like up until mid to late 20s, this is something that I really dealt with was this fantastical lean on how do I like so many times for a lot of us INFPs, at least from my own experience and some of the stories that I've heard, we have these huge fantastical relationships with people that, again, don't really know that we even exist. They've never met us or they have met us and that was about it. And we just create the spiral of experiences and a relationship that doesn't truly exist in the real world. I've heard before that people fall in love alone. It's all the time spent like away from the other person, thinking about them, emoting about them, curious, wondering what they're doing. How are they thinking? How are they feeling? We create this introject of the other person. So it's not a real representation of them, but it's a version of them that we've created in our mind, which is super cool to think about. There's a version of me in every one of your minds. What? That's so bizarre. That's so bizarre. I'm omnipotent. It's an interesting feeling. I remember when I was in Taekwondo class back in oh, back in the day, I was like 10 years old or something like that. Whenever I got a black belt in Taekwondo, which is cool. But there was a girl in the class named Crystal. And for whatever reason, we in my head, we got married. We were living on a house by the beach. And it was this fantastical like palace. I don't know if I ever talked to her <laughs> beyond hi, hello. And that happened with so many people on through high school, which was a very weird phase for me, and beyond that into the adult world of dating. So a lot of times 
what people do is we either go in the diving headfirst into it, believing that if we express our feelings and emotions, then they'll be reciprocated. They're just, I'm going to be me, I'm going to say everything, because I'm feeling it so deeply, so strongly, I need to express it. Or we go to the other side where we just suppress it. Just nobody can know about this because it's weird. We know it's weird. And that's okay. That's okay. Because this is something that we naturally do. We have a introverted feeling, what I call the resonating soul, which is so concerned with how we feel about things, how we value them from to dislike. Does this align with our conscience? And then we have our extroverted intuition, our explorer, this innovating explorer character that's taking things from all over an idea space, mashing them together, putting them together and seeing what emerges from there. And it's extremely invigorating to put those two together and imagine what different versions of ourselves could be in different situations, in different jumps in time, different time slips. And that feels great. So we get this internal validation of how great this feels, and we want to do it more. And then we also realize that in real life, it doesn't quite work out like that. So regrettably, neither one of those work to go just, I'm going to express everything. I'm just going to be 100% me. Because what is that? <laughs> Which is maybe for another video. Or I'm going to suppress all my emotions and be a robot. Neither one of those work. So we know that if we express it all, then that leads to possible rejection, or the person might not share the same intensity. They don't share the same intensity. Or if we suppress it, then it just causes inner conflict and stress and going to deep, dark places that maybe we shouldn't go to. So what do we do? How can we navigate this so that we don't drain ourselves? We don't interact with other people in a way that is taboo. The main aspect of this is to acknowledge our feelings without letting them control us, which is, I think, one of the main drives in life. The main things that we, like the biggest quests that we should strive for is that understanding ourselves and knowing when it's time to embrace that aspect and when it's time to tweak it a bit, when it's time to play with it and change it to make it better fit for the context or for our future. So let's talk about a concept that I call unfolding your love map. So we have this limerence that we're dealing with, right? We want to embrace this fantastical side of ourselves and our deep emotions. And yet we also know that it's not going to be shared and it's not realistic. It can't be realistic because of how just expansive our fantasies get. So first, in order to deal with this, we need to set proper expectations. Then we need to get real life feedback. And then we need to reflect over our past experiences. All three of those are key core components. So when we are talking about setting expectations, we need to know that we are not fully living in the same world as other people because we naturally don't express our emotions and our feelings as much as we are feeling them. I don't, nobody does. Nobody can express 100% of what they're feeling. But also for us, I know that we experience so much. We're just constantly sifting through what does this mean to me? How do I feel about this? Is this good? Is this bad? 
Do I like this? Do I hate this? And kinesthetic things like, oh, it feels like this deep, dark blue blob right here in my solar plexus. What is that? And what does that remind me of? It's just, it goes on and on forever. And so knowing that our idealistic expectations are not going to be met, but that's not a bad thing. No relationship is going to be perfect. It can't be. There are things that we need to do within every relationship to improve them. That's naturally going to happen. Even within our relationship with ourselves, we are constantly in conflict and feuding and seeking harmony. With another real person, they have all that stuff going on inside them too. And so it exponentially compounds it. And it's more and more stuff that we need to work on. And that's okay. If you look at it like you want to keep things exciting, you want to be on your toes a bit, we'll find a good, healthy person, of course, but then embrace the fact that things are going to change. And you get to problem solve with this other person for the rest of your life, which is pretty cool. And remember that love is at its most beautiful when it's real. If you are always fantasizing about it and imagining in idea space what it could be, I understand the hit of excitement with that. But grounding yourself in reality and seeing the person for who they truly are is an amazing way of connecting deeper with them. And if you want to deal with expectations in another way, understand that, yes, you got to keep your expectations flexible because other people are dealing with their own stuff too. But you can also create stories. You can create art. You can create music to fuel that desire to explore different fantastical relationships. Number two, we need to get feedback. So when you're navigating the feedback forest, you have to have somebody else to reflect off of. If you are constantly talking to your introverted sensing, the stabilizing guardian, looking into your past for verification that how you feel about something is true, then you're always going to get the feedback that supports that. The questions that you ask yourself are extremely important. Knowing when you are leading your introverted sensing to give you the answers that you want to hear is a lifelong journey. Another thing, reach out to your trusted friends, talk to them about it. Know that if you open up and express that this is something that you go through, they might think it's strange if they're not INFPs because they probably don't deal with it like you do. You might get some INFJs that understand you, which is awesome, and get a different perspective on what's going on. You know, having the reality feedback, real-life feedback from other people is going to help you craft your approach to the person and also ground yourself, again, in that reality so your expectations are not all over the place. You can do this with yourself by asking different parts of yourself, by going into different perceptual positions, as neurolinguistic programming calls it. How do I feel about this? What's my thoughts, my feelings? Go into their perspective. What are they thinking? What are they feeling? That's probably going to give you some awareness of what's going on. And then go to a third party, third person perspective. Look at the relationship between you and the other person. What is that like? Give it a name, give it a label. Then you can even go out further to like, what does that plant think about our relationship? Just get more and more perspectives on it to help you calibrate and zone in on what is 
truly going on, what are the real possible expectations that you can have, and maybe what you should do in the next steps. Remember, though, that feedback is your guide through the forest. It's not the rule book that defines your path. Get the feedback, then consider it. Don't just shut it out. Don't just accept it 100%. Think about it. Reflect over it. And then go take your next actions. And part three of this is to use your past as a compass. Check in with your introverted sensing, your past, your captured experiences. Review over them. Reflect over them. What worked before? When you had limerence before, when you were doing limerence before, how was that? What were the effects of that? What was the good aspect of it? What were the bad aspects of it? And it could be more than one good aspect of it. What were the interesting parts? How did you deal with it? Did you write stories about it? Did you talk to the person? What was their feedback? A lot of times we assume that things will go just horrendously awful and we'll be shunned and kicked out of the tribe and left to fend for ourselves against the saber-toothed tigers. That's how it was in the past. Now, that stuff doesn't happen. So it's not going to be that bad. Whatever the result is, it's not going to be that bad. And if you wrap that experience with the desire to learn and have gratitude for what's going on, then you can improve the next time. Reflection is a powerful tool. If you're not doing a journaling process, then you need to get on it because it's very important. Avoiding limerence is not going to be the solution for it. Because if you try to fight it, if you resist it, it's going to persist. It's going to grow in size. So knowing that this is something that we do, this is a natural product of how our psyche is structured and the characters, the cognitive functions within our psyche, then it's not that we need to stop it. We just need to leverage it. We are romantic beings, despite maybe not always showing it or sharing it. And using that as fuel for our creativity or creating an exciting life or having an amazing relationship with another person in the ideational realm as well as in the real world are extremely important. Not just idolizing them, but humanizing them and knowing that this other person is going through some great things and some struggles and thoughts that I'm not even considering in my world, what could they be? And exploring into their psyche by delving into it and unpacking what's going on for them is an extremely exciting feeling and state to be in. And if this video has been helpful for understanding yourself and you're like, oh, keep it up, these videos are really helpful, they've impacted my life, then go to infp.geekpsychology.com. Get the INFP I Now Feel Positive Masterclass because it goes into all the different cognitive functions, the four within our stack that we mainly focus on. And it gives you tips, tricks, techniques, mindsets that go beyond what I can share in these videos. You have a workbook of 92 plus pages and there are different bonus techniques on handwriting that you can bring into your journaling process, which is in the course as well. A specific INFP tailored journaling process and course to help you understand yourself better, to help you improve your life. It's been called life changing. I've read amazing testimonials and reviews of how it's impacted people's lives, 10xing their life. There's so much you can do. 
And you can continue to watch these videos. I really appreciate that. Or you can go faster and you can get more from investing in yourself and investing in a course that is designed and calibrated specifically for your INFP needs. Again, infp.geekpsychology.com will hook you up. Go to enroll, click the button, put in your payment details, and you will get instant access to the course and me. You can write me, you can talk to myself or the community and get support as you go along this journey to improve your life, to be more positive, and to really live into your purpose. I hope to see you there. Bye. Thanks for listening, and I hope you got something out of it. I know that by listening to this podcast, it means that you're ready to take your life to the next level, and I'm so excited to help you do it. Whether you're struggling with anxiety, lack of motivation, or you're just looking for your spark and purpose, I have many courses and a one-on-one coaching service available to you to help you get out of your own way and be happy. So head on over to geekpsychology.com to get started. See you there.